Hi, this is Dr. Karen Horton from Johns Hopkins. This is part three of our talk on cystic pancreatic tumors. In the first one, we talked about incidental pancreatic cysts and serous cyst adenomas. In the second one, we talk about mucinous cystic tumors, including parenchymal mucinous tumors like mucinous cystic neoplasms and introductal mucinous tumors, the IPMN. In this talk, we're going to talk about other cystic lesions of the pancreas, and we're going to start with lymphoepithelial cysts. These were first described in 1985. They're relatively rare lesions, really of uncertain etiology. They can be multilocular, bilocular, or unilocular. They can range in size from a couple centimeters to very large, over 13 centimeters. The etiology is currently unknown. The hypothesis for the histiogenesis of lymphoepithelial cysts include some of the pathologists think it's squamous metaplasia of the pancreatic ducts with cyst formation. Some people think it might be ectopic pancreatic tissue with in a lymph node near the pancreas. Some people think it might be epithelial remnants with in the pancreatic lymph nodes, and some people think it might be ectopic remnants of branchial cleft cysts that are misplaced um, during embryogenesis. In pathology, these cysts are lined by keratinizing squamous epithelium, and so it's a very specific histiologic diagnosis. And there's a couple of path slides for you. There's a lot of anucleated squamous cells and multinucleated giant cells, lack of neoplastic cells. For us, it's important to know that they're almost always in men, so predominantly in men, four to one ratio, predominantly in adulthood, often discovered incidentally, may be associated with nonspecific symptoms if they get very large, but it's important to recognize these because there's really unlikely going to be malignant potential in these, so they're really benign lesions. Primarily visualized as low attenuation or cystic lesions arising from the pancreas, the key is that they often appear exophytic. So sometimes they get misdiagnosed as cysts may be coming from the spleen or the kidney or the mesentery. The CT appearance can sometimes overlap with other cystic neoplasms. So again, most of the time they're going to be unilocular and thick-walled without internal septations. Sometimes they can have a small septation or a mural calcification or small nodular component, and those are the ones that may be difficult to make a definite diagnosis on CT. So let's look at some cases. The first one, 47-year-old male, remember more common in men, history of alcohol abuse presenting with weight loss and epigastric pain. And here you can see a fluid density cyst touching the stomach there and basically just touching the tail of the pancreas. It appears very exophytic. It's just sitting there. There's no pancreatic ductal dilatation. There's no pancreatic inflammation. The rest of the pancreas looks completely normal. Here you can see in coronal and sagittal, it's just this fluid density just sitting there touching the pancreatic tail. And that's a very characteristic lesion for lymphoepithelial cyst. So this one was resected because he had pain, and again, it was lymphoepithelial cyst. We have a 37-year-old history of a testicular cancer was being followed up for that, and then found an incidental pancreatic cystic lesion. And here you can see we're near the uncinate process in the head. There's multiple small cystic lesions here, and again, they look very exophytic. It almost seems like they don't arise from the pancreas, that they're just pushing on the pancreas. Here's another axial image and a sagittal image. And you can see it's just kind of taking up space there, touching the duodenum and the pancreas. FNA showed anucleated squamous cells, which are very characteristic of lymphoepithelial cyst. So that one did not need to be resected. We have a 62-year-old male with incidentally 
discovered pancreatic cyst. And this kind of looks like the first one. It's just a big cyst sitting there touching the tail of the pancreas. Sometimes these get misdiagnosed as renal cysts. And you can see there, they're near the left kidney. Here's some volume rendering. They're near bowel loops. It's just a very large water density cyst touching the tail of the pancreas. And again, that was a lymphoepithelial cyst. Here's another one, 73-year-old man with incidentally detected pancreatic cyst. And here we can see a lesion, very exophytic off the tail of the pancreas. This one looks a little bit more complicated. There's a little bit of mural enhancement and a little bit of septations. You can see some wall thickening there posteriorly. So this is one where you might think, wow, this, maybe this is lymphopathelial cyst, but maybe it could be something else because it has some of these aggressive features. Uh, on this image, you can see how it's just barely touching the pancreas. It looks very exophytic. So this lesion was resected, and it confirmed that this was a lymphopathelial cyst. Lymphoepithelial cysts are benign. There are no reports of malignant transformation, no reports of recurrence after surgical resection, and it's not associated with other lymphoepithelial cysts that you have in other parts of the body, for example. Lymphoepithelial cysts, pearls, so they are rare, more common in middle-aged men. The CT appearance often cystic or low density. Sometimes if you measure the Hounsfield units, you might get like negative five because there is lymph in these lesions. And so they can be low, very low in density. They typically appear exophytic, no pancreatic ductal dilatation or atrophy. 3D is valuable to suggest the diagnosis and help distinguish it from other pancreatic neoplasms. And so CT is really good. You might be very confident lymphopathelial cyst, or if there's some features that worry you, it'll usually be resected. But even then, if you go in knowing that it might be a lymphopathelial cyst, they're going to be a little bit less aggressive in their surgery and maybe consider doing it laparoscopically. Okay, now we'll move on to solid and papillary epithelial neoplasm. These are also called SPENs, and there you can see some gross pathologic specimens. These are also known as solid pseudopapillary neoplasms and Hamudi tumor. These are more common in women and young women. So if you see a mass in a young woman, you should always think of a spin. Combines both cystic and solid components, sometimes calcification. They can be very large. They often present with symptoms due to the mass effect. And the treatment is resection because of the malignant potential. So here's an example of a spend tumor, 43-year-old woman, so a young woman with an abdominal mass palpated on physical exam. And here you can see that there is a partially calcified, a lot of rim calcification in this solid and cystic neoplasm. You can see from the volume rendering that there's internal areas of decreased attenuation, kind of a thick rind, and then this peripheral calcification. This looks very different from the other lesions that I've told you, shown you. There's no ductal dilatation. And based on the age of the patient and this appearance, you would favor a spin. And that was what was found at surgery. 39-year-old woman, so again, young woman, vague abdominal pain, big mass, some internal calci I'm sorry, some internal soft tissue density you can see there. So it looks like a pretty complicated lesion. Volume rendering shows the presence of the solid component. So this needs to come out really just based on her symptoms, the size, and the fact that it had that nodular component. And based on her age, you would predict a spin, which is true. Here's another one. Again, a very complicated mass, okay? The key to these is usually they look complicated, cystic and solid. They don't look classic for a serous cyst adenoma or a mucinous cystic tumor. They don't look like IPMNs. They certainly don't look like a lymphoepithelial cyst, but the key is really that it's in a young woman. So you might have a 20-year-old woman presents with a pancreatic mass. Your first diagnosis should be spent. 
Here's another patient. This one's kind of in the body. The others were in the tail. And you can see that there's some internal density there, high density or soft tissue component. And also there's a bit of mural thickening. Okay, so we talked about lymphopathelial cysts, SPEN. And I also mentioned you need to be aware of cystic endocrine tumors. So these are cystic pancreatic endocrine neoplasms. So typically when we think of islet cell tumors, which is another name for these, we think of them as being hypervascular lesions. And I've described those in the solid pancreas talk. But sometimes they can be cystic. And so you want to be able to distinguish those from other cystic neoplasms. So in this case, you see a cystic lesion, but it looks very different from the other ones. You see this peripheral enhancement, and that's the key. So it's a very cystic lesion. Typically, you won't have pancreatic ductal dilatation, and you'll see this peripheral enhancement, which is very characteristic. This woman had MEN1. Um, which was subsequently diagnosed. So she had some other things that helped lead to the diagnosis, including an adrenal mass. But just looking at this alone, you have a cystic lesion with this dense peripheral enhancement. You should think of cystic endocrine tumor. 43-year-old female, history of hyperparathyroidism, had a parathyroid adenoma, turned out to have MEN1. And we were looking at her, we see this pancreatic lesion. Okay, so you have a cystic pancreatic lesion, does not look like a serous cyst adenoma, right? Doesn't look like a lymphoepithelial cyst doesn't, I guess maybe could be a spend based on her age, but usually they have more of a solid component. This one's really cystic with mural enhancement, which is pretty dramatic. You can see on the right-hand image and fine internal septations. So you would favor a cystic endocrine neoplasm or possibly mucinous cystic neoplasm. Either way, it would need to come out. And this was resected and it was a well-differentiated endocrine neoplasm. 51-year-old man with lower abdominal pain, really no past medical history. We see a 4.8-centimeter complex cystic lesion in the body of the pancreas and liver metastasis. And this is an example how you can have adenocarcinoma with cystic change. So I don't think any of us would call this a pure cyst, right? It's low density and it's cystic. But you can see there's atrophy of the tail of the pancreas and you have characteristic liver metastasis. So this is an example of how you can have adenocarcinoma that looks cystic. Okay, for the last few minutes, I just want to talk about asymptomatic cyst again, and that's what I kind of started the talk with because we need to look a little bit more carefully when you see these incidentally detected cysts. What do you do? So if a lesion is less than 3 centimeters, there's no mural nodules, no main duct dilatation, the patient's asymptomatic, most people would say that it's safe to follow these lesions. So this is usually an incidentally detected small cystic lesion that doesn't look characteristic of any of the things that I've told you. Conservative would be six-month follow-up for a couple years, and then yearly follow-up after that. You want to make sure it's stable for at least four years. Okay, then there's the Sendel guidelines, which is says that if it's less than a centimeter, you follow it each year. If it's one to two centimeters, really follow it about every year. But two to three, you would follow it every three to six months, over three, they're all resected. Okay, so that's pretty, a little bit more aggressive. For the ACR guidelines, they say a single follow-up at one year for lesions less than two centimeters, Q6 months for two years if two to three centimeters, and resect if greater than three centimeters unless it's a characteristic serous adenoma or you've proven it to be a pseudocyst. What modality do you use to follow them up? Well, the ACR subcommittee recommended MR follow-up. Other argue that CT should be used for follow-up, especially in patients over 60. No consensus has been defined to determine how do you define growth or is a couple millimeters significant growth, so we still don't know about that. The presence of cysts may indicate 
the pancreas at risk for adenocarcinoma. So some people argue that just if you have these cysts, maybe they're not going to grow, but it does mean the patient's at increased risk for getting an adenocarcinoma. So if you look at asymptomatic incidental pancreatic cysts, we'll group them as less than 2 centimeters, 2 to 3 centimeters, or greater than 3 centimeters. So according to all these guidelines, less than 2 centimeters, single follow-up at one year. If it's stable, benign, no further follow-up. And if it grows, then you need to put it into a different category. Two to three centimeters, imaging characteristic becomes crucial. If it's an IPMN, you can follow that for continued growth until it reaches three centimeters. If it's a serocyst adenoma, you don't necessarily have to follow it. Some people would still follow it at a less frequent interval because if it does grow, it will have to be resected. And very rarely they can be cancerous. If they're uncharacterized, you still can't tell what it is. Follow up every year. Over three centimeters, and it's a serous adenoma, consider resecting it if it reaches four centimeters. If it's uncharacterized or another cystic neoplasm, you could do cyst aspiration or resect, depending on the patient's risks and their comorbidities. So here's a little cartoon. I'm a little stressed right now. So now I've shown you all the cystic lesions, and you probably think, what am I going to do? How can I tell them apart? When do I need to follow them? So you know more than you think. Okay, so I'm going to show you some quizzes now, and if you just think very logically, it's easy to classify these. So quiz case number one, I have a small one centimeter cystic lesion. It's sitting there in the pancreas. It looks like it's very close to a dilated duct, so it's probably in communication with the adjacent pancreatic duct. Okay, just based on size, you should be able to follow it. But the fact that it's touching the pancreatic duct really makes you think this is probably an IPMN. So a small side branch IPMN, very unlikely to have cancer, but certainly needs to be followed because these can grow and do have a small association with adenocarcinoma when they get large. Okay, so that one was easy. This one, huge mass. It almost doesn't matter. It has to be resected based on size. But if you look at the imaging characteristics, it's multi-septated cystic, right? It has lots of small cysts, central calcification, spoke wheel appearance. This is classic for a serocyst adenoma. Okay, in this case, it needs to be resected based on size. But if it were a small lesion, it wouldn't. Okay, this patient... Um, you can see a cystic lesion, right? There's a little bit of mural enhancement. There's some septations on the inside. This one's a little difficult. It doesn't look like a serocyst adenoma. It doesn't look like an IPMN. There's no pancreatic ductal dilatation. It doesn't look like a lymphoepithelial cyst, right? It doesn't have that characteristic enhancement of the rim like a cystic neuroendocrine tumor. It doesn't look like a cystic adenocarcinoma. So that means we're left with a mucinous cystic neoplasm or a spen, okay? could be either of those. If it was a young woman, I would go with spen. Anybody else, you would go with cystic mucinous neoplasm, and it would be resected. It's most likely going to be one of those two. Okay, this lesion is a very exophytic cystic lesion sitting along the tail of the pancreas, touching the left kidney. It's very low density. It's not causing any problems. There's no pancreatic ductal dilatation. It's coming off the pancreatic tail. If I told you this was a man, you would say it's most likely a lymphoepithelial cyst. And this is a lesion off the tail of the pancreas. Again, pretty exophytic. There's a thin septation in there. Um, so this one you know, this is one of the ones you're not sure, but based on size, this would need to come out. But with that thin septation in there, I think you're more worrisome in this case that this would be a mucinous cystic neoplasm, and you'd have to treat it a little bit more aggressively. 
So in conclusion, I know the whole topic of pancreatic cysts seems confusing, but I think you just have to approach it very logically. Some of these lesions are very characteristic, and you can be very very confident in your diagnosis. If you're not confident, especially in small lesions, you're going to follow these. And just keep in mind that we see them more commonly. And so you always want to look very carefully in the pancreas of every patient. But in truth, you don't want to look too carefully. By finding two millimeter cysts, you're not really doing these patients any good. And it's hard to know what to do with cysts of that size, which were very likely there, you know, even before we had the resolution of CT. So what I do is you look at them very carefully. It's very important to know the patient's symptoms because symptomatic lesions are handled much differently than asymptomatic lesions. The size of the lesion becomes critical really three centimeters the cutoff whether it communicates with the duct is really important whether it has calcifications mural nodules or septations are all also important features so hopefully with after this lecture you'll be more confident when you find your next pancreatic cyst thank you